the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, and welcome to National Epilepsy Month. So we will be celebrating through the month of November. And before I tell you about our absolutely fantastic guest today, I want to make sure you went out today and took time to vote. Remember what Justin Dort said, vote as if your life depends upon it because it does. Make sure you vote. I don't care how you vote. I just care that you vote. So make sure you took time to do that. Now, I want to tell you about our guest today. She is, in my opinion, a champion. I've known her for 10 years. She is absolutely a blessing to me, one of the best people, not only that I've known, but the entire disability community respects her so much. She is a great advocate, a policy expert. She is presently the general counsel of the National Epilepsy Foundation, but she is a voice for all of us. Welcome to the show, Miss Sandy Finucan. Hello, Joyce. I'm very glad to be here. Well, we are delighted to have you on the show. What I thought we would do first, Sandy, for our listeners throughout the world, maybe you could take just a few minutes and let them know how you became involved with the Epilepsy Foundation and why you decided to do so. All right. Well, it was a long time ago, Joyce, and um, I have a older brother. I'm the second of, of um, four children, and my oldest brother has very severe disabilities, um, uh, cerebral palsy, uh, brain damage, um, does not speak. And uh, he has, he's a central part of our family life. Um, and I watched firsthand the experiences that my parents, who were immigrants to this country, um, after he was born, then became U.S. citizens. I watched the experiences that they had trying to find appropriate services for him, trying to keep him at home, and really um, function and not take from society, but be a contributing part of our country. Um, and, and that experience really shaped what my interests were. I mean, I think as they say, the personal becomes the political. But it really shaped my interests in the disability area and developmental disabilities in particular, but the whole whole area. So when I was young and um, uh, a law student was at the time in Pennsylvania where there was a lot going on in deinstitutionalization. A lot of doors were opening in terms of uh, children getting into um, the possibility of a public education, um, getting out, as I said, out of institutions. And um, the civil rights movement was really expanding to people with disabilities. I became a lawyer because I thought that was the best way to make an impact and uh, in, in other people's lives. And I was very interested in disabilities and the law. As it turned out, the Epilepsy Foundation has always been at the forefront of civil liberties issues because I think people with epilepsy so often face legal problems because of the condition. And I think others don't always know, but the first institutions in the United States were also places where people with epilepsy were put ostensibly for their own good. So 
the entire movement of opening doors and including people in the community really centers around the experiences of people with epilepsy. Um, I worked as an intern in law school, and I, uh, internship programs are very important to introducing uh, young people to employment in all kinds of um, disability areas, and that's how I ended up at the National Epilepsy Foundation. And we are so very happy that you did, Sandy. And by the way, Epilepsy Foundation is www.epilepsyfoundation.org, a fantastic website that so many people go to for information and advice um, from issues about epilepsy to policy, such as what we're going to be talking about today. Remember, I am a woman with epilepsy, and you need to speak up and speak out when it comes to this issue. And that is why, Sandy, I'm going to move right into it. I am absolutely so excited about the ADA Restoration Act. And I first think it is important, if you don't mind, if you could review with our listeners what happened to weaken the ADA so that, in fact, we have to have a Restoration Act. Uh, well, I think as everyone knows, the Americans with Disabilities Act passed in 1990, and the purpose of that law was, again, opening doors and uh, giving people with disabilities civil rights um, and the ability not to be discriminated on the, on the basis of disabilities and to be included in programs and activities um, as long as someone's qualified to do the activity, to be included. Um, and so when the law passed, I think we as a country decided that our doors are open to people with disabilities, both in employment and in other areas. Unfortunately, through a series of Supreme Court rulings, the law has been so narrowly interpreted, particularly in the employment area, that the result has been now that more and more people who Congress thought had disabilities under the ADA are being told you, you don't have a dis- you have no protections under the ADA. So, for example, we now hear from people who have epilepsy, who have diabetes, multiple sclerosis, hearing conditions, um, intellectual disabilities, uh, bipolar disorder, depression. You don't have a disability under the ADA, and therefore you can't go to court even if you've been discriminated against because you have one of those conditions. It's a terrible turn of events, and I think most people would be shocked to know that all these people they thought were covered by the ADA are no longer being covered. So we need to do something about that, and really the only way to address this is to amend the ADA and fix the definition so that the law does what Congress intended. And, Sandy, so that our listeners, if they're not familiar with this, Recent Supreme Court cases are what caused this new reading of the ADA. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, that is right. And um, the, the the definition um, of disability and who's covered by the law under the ADA is a complicated one, and it stems from a prior law, the Rehabilitation Act. And that law basically said that if you have a... Um, if you have a disability, which they define as a substantial limitation in major life activities, so you actually have the disability or you have a record of having such a disability or 
even if you don't think you have that disability or you don't consider yourself as having that disability, if you um, are con- treated as if you have a disability or as being substantially limited in major life activities, you are entitled to protection under the law. That definition was in place for uh, more than 15 years when the ADA passed, and it was working successfully in all kinds of cases, including employment cases, to protect people with disabilities. Uh, And I think probably because the courts just assumed when somebody came forward and said, well, I have epilepsy, well, I have tuberculosis, uh, the court would do, you know, some analysis of that issue, but would basically always find that you have a disability that Congress intended by this definition to be covered. When the ADA, the ADA took that same definition and used that definition in the law. But lo and behold, through I really think intensive lawyering um, from the, uh, from I think employers who were worried about the extent of the ADA, what it might require them to do, they basically decided to read that definition as narrowly as possible. And they did a couple of things. First, in um, three cases, they said, if you take any steps to make your, to, to deal with your condition. So, for example, if you have epilepsy and you take medication or you um, have a high blood pressure and you take medication or you are, have some sight impairments and you wear glasses or contact lenses, they look at you in the state after you've taken the mitigating measures. So they look at you with the treatment before they determine whether you have a disability. Now, some people might say, well, you know, that makes sense. But for people who work in the disability area, we know that there's a problem with that because, in fact, many people who have conditions like epilepsy, diabetes, mental illness, take medications all the time in order to deal with their their disabilities, and it is those medications which help them to be able to perform the jobs and to participate in society. And so to an outsider, they might not appear to have a disability because they're taking medication. If that's get used against them when they're trying to get a job, it's actually going to put them in a terrible catch-22. So if they take medication to deal with their disability and then um, they're told you don't have a disability, but somebody says, I don't want to hire you because you have mental illness, epilepsy, or diabetes, they have no legal protection under the law. So that was really the first of the bad decisions by the Supreme Court that have ended up harming people with disabilities. There have been others, and um, the others have basically looked at what is a substantial limitation in major life activities very strictly and carefully so that essentially um, if you are not very severely impaired in all of your activities of daily living by the disability, you are not going to be covered by the law. And that's how you could get to a situation where a person who has severe intellectual impairments who actually qualifies for Social Security because of disabilities, which is a very high standard, can be told by the court, well, even if you have those intellectual impairments, because you can see, you can walk, you can hear, um, and maybe your maybe your thinking isn't at quite the level that um, somebody else's is. You are not so impaired in major life activities that you're covered by the law. Oh, 
That is so terrible. You see, if you're listening to the show today, here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell all of your friends to come back and listen to this particular show, which is archived at voiceamerica.com and at benderconsult.com and will be on site at the Epilepsy Foundation because think how terrible that is. What that's saying is, Joyce Bender has epilepsy. But if Joyce Bender would be discriminated against by her boss, Joyce Bender would not be covered because presently she is controlled by the medication that she takes. But remember, this doesn't just impact us. As Sandy pointed out, it impacts many, many disabilities across the board, and that's why we need the ADA Restoration Act. And when we come back from this break, we'll talk more about that as we celebrate Epilepsy Month in November. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Have you ever thought about having your own Internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again? 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com. Albert Einstein once said, nothing happens until something moves. Well, your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Hosting Commander in Change, Empowerment Coach, and International Speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. We are celebrating Epilepsy Month in November, and we are so excited to have as our guest, 
Sandy Finucane, General Counsel and Vice President of Legal and Government Affairs for the National Epilepsy Foundation as our guest today. And I think we have a caller on the line. Eric, are you on the line? Uh, yes, I am. Eric, so nice to hear from you. Yeah, Joyce. I, I just wanted to I just wanted to call in because I think it's it what you're doing uh, today is is extremely important. You know, it just doesn't. You know, a lot of people would not be aware that this is you know an issue when they think about the ADA. They assume that people with with epilepsy or diabetes or other conditions where you, where you take a medication uh, to control the condition, you know, would would be covered. And um, I just wanted to say how much um, we at the Epilepsy Foundation appreciate you you putting the uh, the issue on. On your show today, because again, I don't think this is something that most people would realize is is a problem, and we appreciate you uh, creating this greater awareness. Oh, I'm happy to do so, and I must tell you, Eric, I agree with you. Eric Hargis is the CEO of the National Epilepsy Foundation. To show you how important this is, and he took time to call in about this, but that's because he knows, as well as Sandy and many of us. That many of you don't know what's you know what is happening, and that is so important. Eric, do you have any other suggestions of what else our listeners could do? Well, the most important thing, the um, it's clear that what we need to do is for for Congress to to. Um, restate uh, what its original intent was. I mean, clearly Congress in, intended uh, people with, with these disabilities to be to be protected under the ADA. These court rulings have, have narrowed it. So the best thing listeners can do is just to make sure that the representative uh, in, in their area in the House has, has signed on as a, as a co-sponsor of the ADA restoration. We really want to get this bill uh, passed and on the President's desk this year. Yes, I agree with you. And, Eric, I can tell you, all of us, we are behind this 100%. But thank you so much for calling in. Great. And congratulations, Joyce. This is, a, this is very important what you're doing today, so we just want to let you know how much we appreciate it. Well, thank you. You're very kind. Thank you, Eric. Bye-bye. See what I mean, that they took time to call in about this. That's because Eric knows how important this is, just as Sandy knows. And, Sandy, I agree with Eric. Many people, they have no idea about this. Yes, I think that's right. That is a real problem. Um, people aren't public about it when they lose their cases. Uh, and, and frankly, we want people to continue to try and be covered by the ADA. Um, we also know most employers will try and do the right thing. If they have a person with a disability, they'll try and make an accommodation if they're asked to do so. It's really when something is not working out right and a person goes to court and tries to protect their rights that they discover that lo and behold the court doesn't they don't have any rights under the ADA because their disability may not be severe enough to meet these standards and uh, with that we have a question from a listener uh, Martha in Milwaukee Wisconsin and the question is Sandy uh, as it stands right now with the Americans with Disabilities Act does it mean that people across the United States with a disability such as bipolar disorder or depression or, in this case, epilepsy, that in every state, would they not be covered? Would they not be viewed as a person with a disability? How does that work? Is it different yes. state to state? Um, the Americans with Disabilities Act is the law of the land. It is the federal law, so it does affect people all across the country. Every state also has its own state law, 
but many of those definitions are modeled on the federal definition. It's very important not to give up. If you think you're being adversely treated or badly treated because you have a disability, don't give up on your rights just because you've heard about these cases. Seek help from the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, from a lawyer about um, how your rights can be protected. It's just that we know as advocates, and you may hear this from your attorney, that it's becoming so hard to prove that you're covered by the law that many people, many attorneys are saying, we won't even bring a case. So it is possible that in Wisconsin, bipolar disorder would not be covered. But I think you should also know that um, in the state of Wisconsin, all the members of Congress have already signed on for ADA restoration to support it. And in fact, one of the lead co-sponsors of this bill is Jim Sensenbrenner, and he has recognized that there is a nationwide problem and that the ADA has to be restored to cover people with all kinds of conditions, including conditions like bipolar disorder. So you're fortunate to be in Wisconsin to have strong congressional support for our point of view, but the law does affect everybody everywhere. And may I add with that, you know, you have Congressman Sensenbrenner, and then the, his wife is now the chairman of the board of the American Association of People with Disabilities, Cheryl Sensenbrenner, who uh, gave her testimony not very long ago before uh, Congress about the ADA Restoration Act. So, yes, Sandy, she's a wonderful advocate for people with disabilities. Oh, We're very fortunate to have her in the movement. Yes, we are very fortunate to have her, and she is awesome. So, Sandy, as we're talking about this ADA Restoration Act, where are we right now? Where does this stand right now? Well, uh, very excitingly, we have 235 co-sponsors in the House. So more than a majority of members of Congress have signed on to pass the ADA in the House of Representatives. That's great news. We could use some more. We'd love to go up to... Uh, 280, so we really have uh, a veto-proof number of representatives. We also have already had one hearing. Um, This bill was assigned to four committees. We've had one hearing in one committee. That hearing went very well. That's where uh, Mrs. Sensenbrenner testified along with other people. Um, And we need to get this bill through the other three committees. We're very hopeful that we will have a hearing in the primary committee of jurisdiction, the Education and Labor Committee, very shortly. So we need help from advocates on getting that done. Uh, in the Senate side, at the same time the ADA was in, the bill was introduced in the House, a companion bill was introduced in the Senate, co-sponsored by uh, Senator Harkin um, and Senator um, Specter and Senator Kennedy, and they are also um, planning to do a hearing very shortly on ADA restoration. So we have a lot of movement, but we also know that there's a lot going on in Congress in these last few weeks before the year ends. So we have to make a lot of noise so we get noticed. What happens if we don't get through enough before Congress ends this session? Well, we're still in the same session of Congress. So even though uh, Congress is going out on recess for Thanksgiving, we understand they will be coming back. But if things don't happen as planned and we don't get through by the end of the year, this will be front and center, first thing on the agenda in the new session of Congress. 
again, uh, we believe that there's a lot of momentum here. There's a lot of support. This is a wonderful bipartisan bill that is a good way in which the president and Congress could do something for people with disabilities that people with disabilities want. And remember, there are 50 million Americans with disabilities in the United States. Think about that, 50 million and I assure you there are even more than that because many people do not like to self-disclose. But you've got to tell everyone you know about this. Now, Sandy, a question I have with Senate. Do we have any idea how many senators are pro this? Well, we suspect that every senator, when they actually hear what this bill is about, will support it. But sometimes there's, you know, misinformation can happen, and, again, people can get nervous about what this really means. The critical point here is Congress intended people with all kinds of disabilities to be covered. They were covered under the prior law. They should be covered under the ADA. And that this is a bill that that the Senate should support, but, but they do need to be educated on why this bill is so important to people with disabilities. So what do we need to do to help get this passed? What can our listeners do? Contact, Eric talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Tell me what we need to do. Well, the most important thing is to contact your representative and your senators and tell them to support ADA restoration and tell them your personal story as a, uh, and why it is that you need a bill that actually covers people. You know, this law is all about ability to do the job. It is not about who has a disability and who doesn't. And that's not what Congress really wanted to do when it passed this law. So let's get off this focus on do you have a disability, are you in in terms of coverage, are you out, and let's focus on can you do the job whether or not you have a disability, and let's get there today. Um, you can So call your senators, write to your senators, write to your congressperson, and ask them to support ADA restoration. If they've already signed on, recognize them, thank them for doing that, and tell them that you stand behind them. And I just want to mention that there is a person that has been behind the scenes but doing so much work, and that is the the author of the Americans with Disabilities Act, former Congressman Tony Quello. And this is a man who, you know, has never stopped working on this, being an advocate for this. I remember when he was the chairman of the board of the Epilepsy Foundation, I remember him saying, this is going to be something that I make my passion, and he has. So I just want to say to you, Tony, we really thank you and just respect all you're doing to help us. And, Sandy, don't you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Tony's a great asset to the Epilepsy Foundation, to the whole disability movement. Such power and energy, you know. It's, it's, it's a rarity. And then to have a person like that on the side of people with disabilities, we are very fortunate. We are that. So, now listen, before we go to break, I'm going to tell you all again. EpilepsyFoundation.org. You need to go to EpilepsyFoundation.org. We keep this on our site, information about the ADA Restoration Act. You need to tell your friends. You need to tell everyone you know. You need to call your congressman. You need to speak up. You know why? It just isn't right as an American to be excluded from justice. Everyone should be included. Right now, we're going to go to break. You've been listening to 
Sandy Finucane, the Vice President of Legal and Government Affairs for the National Epilepsy Foundation. This is Joyce Bender celebrating Epilepsy Month on VoiceAmerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back. If you just joined us, our guest today is Sandy Finucane, the Vice President of Legal and Government Affairs for the National Epilepsy Foundation as we are celebrating Epilepsy Month. And I, we have a couple callers on the line. Anne, are you on the line? Yeah, I Anne, am. Anne, go ahead. Hi, this is Anne Summers with the American Association of People with Disabilities. Anne, how are you? I'm Hi, very Anne. well. How are you both? Oh, oh wonderful. Very nice uh, to hear from you. Absolutely. It's good to be on the show. Um, just wanted to call in and thank Sandy for doing this program. I was excited when I heard she'd be on it, and we've really enjoyed working uh, at AAPD with the Epilepsy Foundation on ADA restoration quite a bit. Thank you. It's it's a it's um, mutual, as you know. It's it's very important, I think, for all the um, 
different disability groups to recognize the impact that this has um, on people with disabilities and that it's not just epilepsy, it's not just diabetes, it's not just mental illness. It is every person with a disability could find themselves at some point kicked out of court because a court says your disability is not severe enough for you to be covered by the ADA. Totally absurd situation, and we are really all in this together. So the support of AAPD and your interest as well is very important to us. Yeah, I think that's right. I think this is an issue that our whole community should be getting uh, excited and energized about in uh, supporting because uh, it seems to, to us that the ADA is really the civil rights floor upon which all other policy is built. So if we don't have a, uh, a solid base, then we're, we're in real trouble. So we all have to work together on this. Yes, we do. And I'll tell you what, I am very proud to be on the board of the American Association of People with Disabilities. And why is because you are cross-disability. And I know you that Andy Imperato uh, and you, Ann, have worked closely with Sandy and with the Epilepsy Foundation. And you know how we all miss Justin Dart. But, you know, he was the master of bringing everyone together. And we really need to pull together to make this happen. Don't you think so, Ann? Absolutely, absolutely. And I have one question for you. Why do you think so many people with disabilities don't realize sometimes even that they're not covered the way the ADA is interpreted right now? Well, I think um, the ADA, as it was intended, again, was uh, it really was an Emancipation Proclamation Act for our community, and, and with good reason, a lot of people with disabilities um, you know, continue to think that the ADA is functioning as it was intended. And it's not until they're in court in a situation themselves that they realize it really isn't working the way that, it, that Congress had intended when they passed the legislation. So it's, um, you know, it's an uphill battle in some respects to educate folks in our community that this really is a problem in the first place. Yes. And we need to continue to work together. And, Anne, I want to commend you. I've on also, you know, some of your articles, that you know, about uh, what's going on with eugenics that I know you authored with Andy have been absolutely phenomenal. But thank you so much for being a champion for us, and thank you for calling in. Thanks, George. Nice Thanks, to Andy. hear from you. Nice to hear from you, Ann. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Ann. Bye. Okay, I think, do we have another caller on the line? See. Hello. Hi, this is Kathy from the Epilepsy Foundation Western Central Pennsylvania. Hello, Kathy. Hi, Joyce. How are you? Good. It's so nice to hear your voice. Oh, thank you. Thanks for letting me call in. I wanted to thank both of you for talking about this important, so important piece of legislation today and helping to spread the word about it. Um, here in Pittsburgh and, uh, and our other offices across the state, we've certainly been trying to mobilize folks, but getting the word out there nationally is so, so important. So thank you um, for bringing this up today. And um, here in our offices, we've been talking about the legislation, and a question, Sandy, that has come up is, will this Restoration Act prevent, somehow prevent, future court decisions from re-weakening the protections that the legislation would reinstitute? Well, that's why it's very important that it be written broadly and it be written in a way that it does what it intends to do. We don't want to get into the game anymore of figuring out who has a disability and who doesn't. And basically, the principle here is that it's time for disability to be treated like any other civil right. 
race, sex, national origin, all those, all those issues are covered by a civil rights statute. And basically what they say is if you are discriminated against because you fit into that category, race, sex, national origin, you can state a claim under the law for unfair discrimination. The same thing should happen for people with disabilities. If you are adversely treated because you have a disability or somebody thinks you have, has a, has, have a disability, you should be entitled to have your day in court. Now, you know, there'll be other issues that the, just like in those other laws, sometimes the employer may say, well, actually, you can't do the job. That's an issue for discussion. None of that changes. The key point is you have an equal civil right as does anybody else. So certainly we want that to be that law to be broad so that it actually covers people who either have conditions and impairments like epilepsy, like multiple sclerosis, you know, whether treated with medication or not, uh, to, act, to have the civil rights protection that Congress intended when it passed the ADA. Well, that, you know, I'll tell you one thing we're very proud of here in Pennsylvania is we were so excited about Senator Specter signing on. They're very mm-hmm. important, yes, and and you sh- and I'm sure you've thanked him many times already mm-hmm. for what he's done. But he really is an advocate for people with disabilities, and he has historically been that way. We're very appreciative to see him back in that position. And there are many local Congress people as well who have signed on to ADA restoration. Well, you know, you've got to do the work at a national level, but you've got to do it at a local level. I know I'm very proud to be affiliated with the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA and the phenomenal work they're doing and how we're spreading the news in our state, as all of you need to spread everywhere about the ADA Restoration Act. But thank you so much for calling in. Oh, thank you. All right. Hey, have a good week. Thank you, too. Bye-bye. If you're listening to the show, you're seeing how important education is. Remember, one person can make a difference. Sandy, I know the Epilepsy Foundation was a co-sponsor of the recent Friday night uh, forum with the presidential candidates on disability policy with various groups such as the American Association of People with Disabilities. Which presidential candidates were involved with this? Um, we ha- we all all presidential candidates were invited to come to this disabilities forum, um, Republicans and Democrats, and the ones who actually um, appeared or sent a campaign manager were Senator Chris Dodd, Senator Hillary Clinton, um, Senator Joe Biden, Senator Dennis Kucinich. Um, there was a campaign manager there for Senator John Edwards, and from the Republican side. Senator John McCain also uh, participated by telephone in the discussion. So we really had a very good turnout. We had 600 people there, um, almost all people with disabilities and voters in New Hampshire, uh, to really discuss a whole range of disability issues and where these presidential candidates stood. It was The event was put on under the auspices of the Granite State Independent Living Center, and it was a very, very well-attended program. Very important to get disability issues into the presidential campaign. And I might add, if we have, if we are discussed in this presidential campaign, it would be the, you know, we weren't in the last uh, election. So, and here we are, all these people in the United States. That's why it's so important to. 
vote and be registered to vote. And this year, I think there will be a difference. Don't you think, Sandy? Oh, I think so. It's, yeah. uh, it's um, very important for people with disabilities to participate in all their voting um, opportunities. Now, a little bit earlier, remember when the uh, email question came in about your rights in different states? What I wanted you to talk about for a little bit, Sandy, is something near and dear to my heart, which is the Jeannie Carpenter Legal Defense Fund. I wonder if you could explain that to our listeners and let them know how it works. Sure, I'd be happy to. About three years ago, the Epilepsy Foundation created the Jeannie Carpenter Epilepsy Legal Defense Fund, and um, we did that. Uh, first, we were honoring a lawyer um, who was a member of our board, Jeannie Carpenter, who unfortunately passed away quite unexpectedly. Her family and friends contributed to this fund because this was an issue that was very important to Jeannie, and that was the rights of people with epilepsy. And um, she wanted to make sure that that continued to be a major focus of the foundation. We created this Epilepsy Legal Defense Fund because our experience was that increasingly it was becoming difficult for people with epilepsy to find lawyers who understood epilepsy, who understood their legal issues, who would take their cases if they faced unfair treatment because of epilepsy. And so what we did was establish this fund just made up of a network of pro bono attorneys who have agreed to put hours towards helping people in their neighborhood who face legal problems or legal unfair discrimination problems because of their epilepsy. So far we have uh, 200 lawyers around the country who signed up and we've been able to use this in a number of cases to address this unfair treatment that people too often experience because of they have seizures or epilepsy. We still need more lawyers. Um, there are parts of the country that um, there are fewer attorneys who have expertise or interest in working in this area, so we continue to look for more people. And I would urge anyone two things. If you're an attorney and you're interested in providing assistance to people in your community who have legal problems because of epilepsy, go to www.epilepsylegal.org and sign up. And if you are a person who has experienced discrimination because of your epilepsy, I also encourage you to go to that spot and look at the information that we have there uh, to see whether any questions that you may have can be answered. And uh, if it's appropriate, um, you may present your case to the fund and see whether um, we can find an attorney who could help you. And one more time, where do they go? www.epilepsylegal, all one word, dot org. Epilepsylegal.org. Mm -hmm. And if you want to make a contribution, go to the same site and right. say you would like to make a contribution to the Jeannie Carpenter Epilepsy Legal Defense Fund. If you're listening to the show, every dollar counts. There are those less fortunate than you who need help but don't have the ability to get help. That's what we're trying to change. So make sure you take time to remember that when you're making a donation. And again, the general site is www. 
epilepsyfoundation.org. If you go there, you can find anything we're talking about and get to the Jeannie Carpenter uh, Legal Defense Fund from there. I just want to say one thing. When I joined the Epilepsy Foundation Board of Directors, she was one of the first people I met, Jeannie Carpenter, one of the greatest people I met, so wonderful. Take time to go to the site and make that contribution in her behalf. Right now, we have to go to break. You're listening to Joyce Bender with Sandy Sanukin, a civil rights leader in the United States and a friend to all of us. This is Epilepsy Month on VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Whether you are already applying the law of attraction to your life or you have no idea what this all means, this show will be branded as the best live resource available for learning about law of attraction. Michael Lozier's Law of Attraction talk show broadcasts live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Radio Network. Now, the only thing left to decide, what do you want? Albert Einstein once said, nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Hosting Commander in Change, Empowerment Coach, and International Speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And if you just joined us, you have to go back and listen to this entire show with Sandy Finucane, Vice President of Legal and Government Affairs for the National Epilepsy Foundation and truly a great woman that has stood up for civil rights for all of us. How you do that? Remember, it will be archived on voiceamerica.com and benderconsult.com and later on at the epilepsyfoundation.org. So you make sure you go back 
not only do I want you to listen to the whole show, tell your friends so they understand more about the ADA Restoration Act and the Jeannie Carpenter Legal Defense Fund. Sandy, one thing I wanted you to talk about for a minute is the Kids Speak Up, Speak Out uh, conference that we have every year in Washington, D.C. Could you explain that for a minute? I sure will. Um, it's the Kids Speak Up program, and I'm actually going to, Joyce, talk about several things that's very unique this year that are happening. Every year we have a public policy institute, which is an opportunity for families, people with epilepsy, family members, and advocates to come to Washington and talk about the issues that people with epilepsy face. We have a component of that is called Kids Speak Up, in which we bring together um, officially 50 kids come and talk to their congressional representatives about epilepsy, but they also get to experience the city uh, to do some fun things and to meet other people with epilepsy. And many of them will tell us that they have never met anybody else with epilepsy before coming to this conference. So that's the Kids Speak Up program. It's a really, um, it, it, it's just an exciting and uplifting program, and it gives young people the opportunity to talk about epilepsy. It's, and that's a very important issue because epilepsy is a condition where it's kept hidden, and um, it's a you know continuing problem. And I believe that we will never really overcome the stigma and unfair discrimination of epilepsy unless everyone out there knows that the person with seizures may be your next door neighbor, maybe one of your relatives who is keeping it hidden. So speaking up about epilepsy is very important. Uh, so this year on April, I think it's April second is the Kids Speak Up program in Washington, D.C., um, and you can go to our website and find out information about Kids Speak Up. We bring in young people between the ages of 7 and 16 to Washington to talk about epilepsy. There's an application. It is a competitive process. And every year we end up having um, about 100 young people come in with their families to do this. Uh, we also have, though, this year, the National Walk for Epilepsy, which is occurring um, immediately before the um, March 29th is, I believe it is. It's a Saturday immediately before the Kids Speak Up program. So we're going to have a week of activities, basically, surrounding epilepsy in Washington, beginning, beginning with that weekend and the National Walk for Epilepsy, and then ending with the Public Policy Institute and the Kids Speak Up program. For those people who cannot attend um, the, the event, we also have an opportunity for you to participate online, and that is through our Speak Up, Speak Out Advocacy Network. If you go to our website and click on Speak Up, Speak Out, you can sign up, find out what are the important issues for people with epilepsy, both in Congress federally and in your state legislature. You can also find that out, what's happening that involves epilepsy, and get involved and send a message to Congress. So I urge you to go to the website in both cases and look up Speak Up, Speak Out or Kids Speak Up. And don't miss the walk, as Sandy said. The, the National, National Walk. For walk. Oh, it's fantastic. Don't miss it. March 29th. Don't miss that walk. Or this policy, this conference for kids is just fantastic. Sandy, I have to ask you this question because I ask every 
one that's been on my show. You've done so much in your life already, so I don't know how you're going to answer it, but what would you say is your greatest accomplishment? You know, Joyce, I was <laughs> I was just thinking this is the hardest question on this whole list, and unfortunately it's one that the older you get, and I'm getting older, you keep thinking, what have I accomplished? What have I actually accomplished? I mean, and maybe all parents feel this way, but the first thing is is that my family is very important to me, and I think my children and having the opportunity to raise them has been a huge accomplishment. Um, my extended family, my brother, really the opportunity to know and speak for people who do not have a voice of their own has also been very important to me, and I think that's something unique that I've been able to offer, and I very much appreciate having had that opportunity. And you are a great role model. You are a great role model, Sandy, for all women of all ages who are looking up to someone Mm -hmm who is just a tremendous leader in our community, and I know I feel that way about you. Um, I mean, you've accomplished so much, but, of course, what can I say? A really great leader serves. So, Sandy, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Well, um, I guess I'd make it a twofold message, and the first one is I think speak up about disabilities. Speak up about the issues that you you face and that you have when you have a condition like epilepsy. It's very important to educate others about epilepsy and similar conditions. And the second one is please support ADA restoration and explain to others why it is that people with all kinds of disabilities need to be covered by a comprehensive anti-discrimination law. And yes, You can make that difference. I hope you listen to those words of Sandy. Don't just sit back. Take action. Take action so that we can see that ADA Restoration Act signed in front of the White House, as was the ADA in 1990, and wouldn't that be awesome? But it takes a whole group of people in the United States working together. You must call your congressman. You must talk about this everywhere you go. Well, Sandy, we end every show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader. And that quote today is from former congressman Tony Quello. And he says, every time you get a chance, take the podium and isn't that what sandy's talking about with speak up speak out don't be ashamed take the podium sandy thank you so much for being with us today thank you joyce for this opportunity well it has been my pleasure and one more time if anyone wants to reach you should they reach you through the main website yeah www epilepsyfoundation.org that's www.epilepsyfoundation.org and you can reach Sandy Fanukin you have been listening to the beginning of the celebration of National Epilepsy Month this is Joyce Bender America's Voice where disability does matter on voiceamerica.com see you next week 
Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.